Today on The Breakdown, the 2018 World Series of Poker main event has just concluded, and we have a new champion. But during that main event, Philip Allen Ivy, that may not be his middle name, had a ton of chips and eventually worked his way into day four before he played one heck of a big hand that we are going to break down right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Yeah, we had a podcast a couple months ago called Phil Ivey is Back, and this is Phil Ivey being back at the World Series of Poker, which yeah. he had skipped a couple years. So everybody was excited when he was making a deep run, and yeah. obviously he's going to do things that are weird and, and interesting and very difficult to play against, and that's kind of what he does in the hand we're going to talk about here. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, um, this was suggested by a couple people, but I don't know who they are, so okay. thanks, thanks for your suggestions. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's sad. To, yeah, they'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we love all of you. Sorry, we just got back from the main and we're a little shell-shocked and exhausted. We've been gone for a month and yeah, we're not, we're not in the normal spot where we are in in terms of organization. So if you were one of the two suggestors, we apologize. Yeah, good job suggesting, though. Maybe, maybe it will hit you uh, in, an, in another future podcast if we find your stuff. We'll like mention you. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. No man. promises. It's good to be out of Vegas, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Vegas for a month is brutal. Yeah, it's, it's a little rough. Yeah. And playing poker every day, you know, it's fun. There's fun parts. Yes. But come on. We're in Portland, Oregon. I, I really wanted to go home. <laughs> I was so like, it's like, I really don't want to bust the main, but if I do, I get to go home. What an awesome deal that is. You know? Yeah. At least you min cashed. Yeah, no, I was happy to actually I, slightly more than a min cash. Okay, like a min plus cash. How dare you? Yeah. Barely yeah. plus. I did yeah. not cash in the yeah. main event for those who don't know. So thanks for bringing that up, Jonathan. Sorry. It's Real- going to be a point I'm going to bring up a lot over the next year. Just FYI. Oh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> and I'll just say Hendon Mob. All right. So yeah, um, <laughs> let's talk about Phil Ivey. Okay. It's day four. We're in the money. This is after Jonathan busted, but not that long after Jonathan busted. Yeah. I busted an hour into day four. This is like five hours into day four or something. It's uh, Yeah. It's right. This is the last hand before the dinner break. Okay. Which I don't know when the day four. I think four. it was level f- at the end of level four, so it's like seven hours after I'm gone. I think okay. they were doing level four dinner breaks. Yeah, they did weird dinner breaks for the main event. Ugh. Different, different each day. Be- it was due to the ESPN coverage. Yeah. So it's like on day one B, which is the day one that we played dinner break, was at seven thirty p.m. Which starting was at, fine. Which was fine, but on day one A and day one C, and then also on day two, dinner break was at three thirty. Yep, which is bizarre. Yeah. And also, they're only an hour, which is a disaster. And there's nowhere... You can't go off the Rio for an hour, and there's nowhere in the Rio that's really worth going to. I feel like day two dinner break was like an hour and 15 minutes, no? Wasn't that, weren't they 75 minutes? Oh, were they? Yeah, I don't but know. But whatever. They were still... It's still not long enough that you can go anywhere. So you're for, sort of forced to stay at the Rio and figure it out. Yeah, and they used to do 90-minute dinner breaks for all World Series events, and now they're 75. Yeah. So now it's like a real risk to go off campus, in yep. air quotes, you know? And true. the Rio does not have good options they tried to fix it with the guy fieri restaurant having a taco window but nobody wants to eat those garbage tacos guy fieri they're like not very 35 good. bucks for three crappy tacos it's like 11 but still they're not very good at least the the taco window replaced where guy fieri's gross face used to be there's a big picture of it but i think they might have put that somewhere else i mean you do get the tacos quickly yeah so That's those are my gripes <laughs> yeah thanks for sharing yeah but let's talk about this hand that phil ivy played and day four of the main event all right where they're well, already in the money and it's sort of like moving day in the main event where like, you know, you either get a lot of chips and get ready to like take a real shot at it or you go out. Usually those are like that happens a lot in day four because there's a lot. There's a crazy amount of eliminations on day four. Yeah. <clears throat> so Ivy starts in middle position. That's all the information we have from poker news here because um, we don't have the video on it. Mm-hmm. 
He has 22,000 and he's got two black nine or he doesn't no. have 22,000. He has 750,000. Yes. If I have 10, he opens a 22,000. There we go. With two black nines. He has 75 blinds. So he's yeah. got a lot. He's got a lot. It's Phil Ivy. He's very dangerous at this point in the main event. Obviously, well, At every point in the main event. Yes. And also just on safari. Very dangerous. He's a good hunter. Well, I mean, if he's got a gun, I wouldn't put your back to him because he's dangerous. Okay. He could kill you. Not because he's not because he wants to kill people, or does he? I don't know. Who knows? He's most dangerous game. He's very quiet. You know, the <laughs> exactly. quiet ones are usually the scary ones. Exactly. All right. So <laughs> he opens the twenty-two k at five ten with the two black nines and a pro named Brian Altman, who we've never done a breakdown on, but he's a, he's a known player. He is a known player. Yeah, he has a big stack here. He's got about one hundred and forty blinds. Okay, so almost so, twice what Ivy has. Yeah, almost twice what Ivy has. One point four million. He's in the hijack. And he's going to three bet his queen jack offsuit, queen of spades, jack of clubs uh, to 75K, which is a pretty cool play at this stack depth against Ivy's pretty wide opening range. I have to believe Ivy must be opening a lot for him to decide to do this from the hijack with queen jack off. Yeah. Like, I can understand him thinking this isn't good enough to call. It isn't. But he could really just fold. Mostly he should be folding this hand in this spot, right? But yeah. if you feel like Ivy's opening just a, an absurd amount of hands, then you're like, all right, forget it. I'm going to punish you a little bit. I can, I can afford to punish you. I'm, I'm going to be in a position that's hard to play me here. I like the sizing, by the way, 22 to 75. He's going to get a decent amount of folds from Ivy. Yeah, that seems like quite good sizing, in fact. I mean, I probably wouldn't have made it that big, but I, I like that big, especially against a guy like Ivy. Yeah. You want to put Ivy in more uncomfortable positions than he's used to being right. in. You know, like don't just let him see flops for cheaper because he's he loves to get to the flop and then right. like do crazy things and make you fold. Right. The smaller the price, the easier it is to say yes. Yeah. And so if you don't want him saying yes, sizing it up is a good idea. Everybody folds back to Ivy with the two nines, and there's he's really kind of handcuffed to calling here, right? There's not much else you can do. Altman made it seventy five. Yeah. Um Ivy's put in 2.2, so it's going to cost him 5.3. Yeah. There's approximately 10 in there, and he can win another 67. So he can win 77. Yeah, I guess he just has to call here. Yeah. Um, also, he's Phil Ivy, and he's got a real hand, and Altman clearly doesn't have to have a monster. It's not like, right. like Ivy has to go set mining here. No, Ivy he absolutely can have the best hand and, and, and win unimproved. He's not set mining. Right. And these are the most awkward spots that I, I found myself over the summer in is when I had a hand like nines or tens and I get three bet in positions like this. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not exactly set mining, but I don't love the idea of doing anything but that. Here. Right. But I mean, I have to call and I have to call in a lot of flops too, which sucks because it's like, I don't really want a seven high flop. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you have to call on some turns against some players yeah. as well. You can't just check fold the turn if they're, if they're able to double barrel. If they're the type of person who's going to double barrel, sometimes you just have to be able to call the turn on a lot of boards, right? Which is which sucks because every time they have you, it really blows. By the way, that line of thought that I just expressed really exemplifies the power of three betting and future aggression in yeah. these deep stacked, well structured tournaments that people really care about not getting eliminated from. Correct. You know, it's like it, you put people in a tough spot with two tens all the time. Like tens is hard to it's hard to get a hand that good. You know, it's true. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we saw how. Uh, the counter to that is Scott Blumstein, right? Day one, he busts with two tens in a spot where it was kind of a spot like this yep, that I'm exactly. referring to where he just goes call, call, call and ends up losing to the nut flush and everybody killed him for it. And they're like, you can never call there. But his opponent was Brian Yoon, who's like a three-time bracelet winner and very aggressive player. And maybe you can call there. I don't know. Blumstein himself thought it was a mistake. I mean, it's probably a mistake because it was like level two or something of yeah. the main. And as you and I know, having played the main... And just from playing in World Series events in general, 
you just have such an advantage over so many players. If you're Scott Blumstein, you're just better than a lot of the players. Scott Blumstein may not be an incredible player. He's at least pretty good. Yeah. And he's good enough that if he folds, he, I mean, he called off like almost a, a starting stack on the river, I think. Right. Well, no, the river was a 27 K bet. Oh, it was. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the the turn was like a ten k bet, right? Like it was a yeah. big call off on the on the yeah. The sizing the, the sizing that Brian Yoon chose is a perfect example of how terrifying these spots can be when yeah. you're Scott Blumstein with two tens because Blumstein opened to like eight hundred, and Yoon made it something like thirty seven hundred yeah, with he ace did. jack of spades thirty seven hundred, and then bet the low flop with, I think one spade. Yep, that's right. Um, picked up he, picked he bet up like twenty five hundred easy call mm-hmm. with the tens. Then the turn was a second spade, but another low card. And he bet 10K now. And this is where it's kind of like, maybe I could fold now with my 10s. Well, this is the part. This is, you know. But if it's Brian Union, he's going to do this a lot. We probably can't fold two 10s. And then the river is where it gets really hard. The river is the third spade, and he moves in for the 27 And you just effective. don't know what to do, right? Yeah. So like, he can have the ace of spades in his hand only, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. So this just shows the power of, of three betting and continued aggression, especially with big sizing yeah. in spots where people really care about their tournament life, you know? Yeah, Absolutely. Because everybody's like, Blumstein's an idiot for calling off. But like, I can see the other argument, too. Yeah. I mean, against against the right players. I mean, he at least picked the right opponent, even though the guy had it, right? Brian Yoon's the kind of guy who doesn't have to have it there. Right. You can't do it against like some guy who looks like he's you know bucket listing. I mean, let me say this. So like on, in the first level of the main event on day one, I had two sixes. A guy opened an early position. I called like on the button with two sixes. And the flop was ace, eight, six. He continued. I called. Turn was a brick. He bet like almost pot. And I was like, I didn't know if I was going to raise anyway, if he was going to triple barrel. But like now I'm like, I'm definitely not raising this. Like he's, he's acting like he's got a big hand and he's yeah. polarizing himself. That's not good. What am I supposed to be able to beat? So I just called in the river. He bet like 60% a pot or something. And I called quickly thinking like, there's just no raise here to be had. And I hope he doesn't have aces up because yeah. that will really suck. And he had turned middle pair into a bluff and was never going to call a raise anyway. But like, I'm losing value potentially against aces up if they're going to call a raise, which I don't even know if they're going to do, yeah. but it's more important not to go broke. Right. You know, it's like, I'm not, I'm never going to fold, you know, so I'm yeah. going to get value. I'm in position. So I know I'm going to get a bet's going to go in on the river. Like that's not a problem, but like, you know, like I'm really aware, like I had put in something like 9,000 of my 50,000 starting stack on that hand. And I'm like, if I raise and get re-raised, I have to fold. That's awful. And if I raise, I may fold out almost all the worst hands. So I'm yeah. just going to call. And even though I've got a set, I'm just calling here. And it was weird never to take an aggressive action with, you know, a set, but I had bottom set and he was acting very strong the whole way. Well, this is the way people feel about these deep structure tournaments, especially the main event, which is, you know, the best structure in the world. Right. And like, why do I want to, why do I want to give up all these chips in the best structure in the world? Right. And it's really the, I think the root of the matter here that may not be explicitly known by everybody, but something that is clear when you think about it is that chips lost in a tournament setting are worth more than chips won. Right. Meaning it's worse to lose 10,000 chips than it is good to gain 10,000 chips. Sure. Because for each chip that you have less, each chip becomes more valuable just mm-hmm. because your tournament life is so effectively valuable. Like survival is so key. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pressure works. Also, you know? in a, also in a tournament, while you do have to get all the chips to win, you only need one chip to finish in second. You know, so you can get second place money with one chip, which you can't do in a cash game. You know, yeah. in a cash game, all the chips have the same value. And, but it's really like they're really weird you know, jumps and ladders and ICM stuff that happens, which makes chip value really different at times. Right. 
Anyway, so let's talk about the hand, though. Yeah. Because, wow, know. we're not talking about the hand. Whatever, a little tangent. People yeah. probably liked it. I don't know if Who they knows? did or not. Maybe, I, I hope they did. <laughs> maybe they did. Anyway, and Ivy ends up calling, and so we've got two nines, two black nines against Queen of Spades, Jack of Clubs going to the flop. Wow. And Ivy doesn't want to lose this pot, and, you know, a lot of people don't want to lose their hair, Jonathan. That's true, actually, Grant. It's yeah. weird that people don't want to lose their hair. Phil Ivy does. He, he I think, well. shaves his head. Um, so I'm not sure if he wants to lose his hair, but oh. he, he doesn't have it currently. It's possible that, that he could grow a full head of hair. I'm not sure. Yeah. I will say that um, our sponsor keeps who's pretty into helping people stop in their hair loss is around and they help people who feel that way. Grant, you don't even have to go anywhere, right? That's true. You can do it from your couch, your sofa, if you will, because keeps is designed for guys who want to stop hair loss. They have scientific and an, an affordable approach and you can manage the entire thing entirely on keeps.com. It's the easiest way to stop hair loss before it's too late. Grant. Well, you should probably use a, a specific URL. I would guess. If you <laughs> want. That's a good point. Yeah. Grant. Um, in fact, to receive your first month of treatment for free, that's right. For free, you got to go to keeps.com slash poker. That's K E E P S.com slash poker. That's a free month of treatment at keeps.com slash poker keeps hair today, hair tomorrow. Let me tell you some things about it though. Cause okay. you may be thinking, well, what is this anyway? Well, I know some stuff. Okay. So first of all, it's really easy. Sign up takes less than five minutes. You answer a few questions. You snap some photos. Bam. A licensed doctor remotely reviews your information and recommends the right treatment for you. So that's cool. And um, they offer generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. So it's great because you're probably, if you're interested in those kinds of products, you've probably never gotten these things at the price that you're going to get. Because Keeps, even after the free month, is only $10 to $35 a month. And yeah. as we mentioned, you get your first month free. Yeah, so I mean, if you want to prevent that stuff before it starts happening. Right, or even once it starts happening, if yeah. you want to arrest it in yeah. its place, this is the way to go. Keeps.com slash poker. Yep, check it out. Keeps.com backslash poker. That gets you your, free, your first month free. You can check it out. If it works for you, great. If it doesn't, you can bail right away. Also, way to support the poker guys. Yeah, it helps us too a little bit. Yeah. So that's the deal. Cool. All right. All right, back to the Phil Ivy who has no hair in this hand. Correct. Um, so now we're heading to the flop, and we've got about 170K in the, f- in the pot. Okay. Um, I didn't actually write down how much, but, you know, a little math. And Phil's got like 675,000 back. Yes. In fact, exactly. Uh, yeah, something like close to that, because 750 was a rough estimate. Oh, okay. It's like pretty close to 750. To Fair start. enough. So we yeah. got like a th- three to one stack to pot ratio already. But okay, we got two nines. Yep. And the flop is a very, very good one for... Young Brian Altman. Yeah. I don't actually know if he's young. I haven't seen a picture of him. I think he's young. Okay. Uh, the flop is Queen of Clubs, Jack of Spades, Deuce of Spades. Bingo, bang, Altman, no of bongo. Course, had three bet with Queen Jack off. What a miracle when you three bet with King, Queen Jack off. Get called by an elite player and flop in a way that you're like, I hope he check raises. There's two spades on this flop? Yep. Wow. Queen, Queen of Clubs, Jack of Spades, Deuce of Spades. And we even have the Queen of Spades in our hand. Altman Brian has Altman. the Queen of Spades. Wow. Ivy has two nines with the nine of spades. This is such a monstrous flop. We're losing to three combos right now as Brian Altman. Yeah. That's insane. It's a pretty good spot. Yeah. It's hard to get called by a lot. You're that, really hoping Ivy has Ace Jack or Ace Queen, I guess, or two tens or two nines. How about, how about Queen Ten suited? Let's go with that one because then we okay. have him so crushed. Yeah, we do. We have him absolutely dead. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, um, but he has two nines, which is almost as good as Queen Ten suited. Not quite as good, but almost as good. I mean, really not as good. But go on. <laughs> it's it's almost. I mean, on. we lose to Jacks. Intense with when we have two nines. We're winning. Anyway, who cares? No, Let's no, I'm talking about as Altman. Oh, as Altman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost as good. Like, we're almost always, we're going to get a call on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. 
Jeez, Jonathan. I thought you were talking about from, uh, from the other point of view. Maybe you should pay a little attention. I'm trying, but you make it so hard. <laughs> I'll try to keep it simple for you. Thank you. And those who are like you. That's fantastic. It's a podcast. All right. 170K in the pot. Yeah. And Ivy checks. Not much else to do here. Pretty straightforward check. Altman's, Altman's going to have to bet. He's gonna, he bets all the time, I'm assuming, in this spot. So, I would think so. Yeah. And I expect he's betting pretty small. Although it's a wet board, so maybe not that small. He does down bet. Um, not a huge down like bet. 60 or something? 60K. That sounds it. like the right down bet. If, if it's like a much, much drier board... Like Rainbow, I, I guess having the queen and the jack out there means it can't be that dry for the for Phil Ivey's range here. No, right? Phil has a lot of queens and jacks. He's got queens and jacks. He's got um, king queens. He's got he has king ten suited. He has stuff that's he has nine, nine ten suited. He might have ace king. He could here. have maybe even eight ten suited. He may not have ace king. He maybe it's just always four betting ace yeah. king. But it's possible he can have a little bit of ace king too. He could have eight ten suited probably. Yep, nine yeah. ten suited, eight ten suited, eight nine suited. So there's just lots of stuff. So we have to bet a little bit bigger than like. If it was a super, super dry board where you could bet right. like 40K or something. You just yeah. can't do that. On it's this not board. like a King King four board. Yep. Yeah. Um, so 60K sounds right. Omen bet 60K and Ivy could just fold right now, right? I mean, he could, but I think it's probably absurd if a guy's got a range that includes Queen Jack offsuit in his three betting range. Yeah. We know he's going to continue almost always here on this kind of a board. I think we have to call once. It just puts us in a lot of crappy spots. I know. If this guy continues again, it's going to be really, really hard to do anything but fold. But this is part of the range that we're supposed to continue with. We can't just fold all of our pocket pairs. I mean, we have so many many worse hands than this right now in this spot, you know? At least we have backdoor straight draws. Yeah, and and backdoor flush draws. We might block some things. And, you know... I think in a cash game, it's an auto-continue. But in this spot, it like... It puts you in a lot of tough it's spots. It's only six blinds. That's right. the thing. You know, like we're still going to be, we can call here, fold later, and sell a lot of chips. I think yeah. that's part of it. Yeah, he does decide to call, which is fine. I think you have to call. It sucks. Being out of position makes it so much worse, too. I mean, it really sucks. Yeah. Um, so now the pot is. You had 120 to what had we one, had. We had 170, like, I guess. So it's 290. Okay. Uh, 290K in the pot. Heading to the turn, which is kind of the action killer. It's the eight of spades. Yeah. I mean, 9-10 gets there and spades get there. Yeah. Altman still feels pretty comfortable, probably, because he has the queen of spades in his hand. But at the same point, he could be drawing to a full house at this point. Like, it's, Correct. it's possible. Right. Which is crappy. You know, like, you, getting check raised is a disaster if you're Altman on this turn. It's not amazing. Now, Ivy only has, like, 660 back, right? So we could decide we're just going with it. That's a lot of blinds to go with. Yeah. It's probably better not to. It's probably better to... uh, Actually, it's not 660. It's a little less than 660, but whatever it is. Um, It's probably better to induce... There's very few cards we're really afraid of because we have the Queen of Spades in our hand. Like, a 9 and a 10 isn't great, but we're just going to call if Ivy bets. Right. right? And there's actually nothing really left to be afraid of because the two most obvious draws just came in. Right. So... I mean, I guess an ace could come, a red ace, and yeah. we could lose sometimes. Right, but okay, 10. yeah. But okay, king 10, ace jack, like yeah. whatever. But that's fine. We may not be able to shake him on those boards anyway. You know, right. I, I mean, it, on the turn anyway, if we bet. I like checking here. We're supposed to be afraid of this card as Brian Altman anyway. If we have two yeah. aces, two red aces, we're checking, right? Absolutely. If we have ace king, we're checking. Yeah. So I think it's fine to check with a much stronger hand that also isn't so afraid of most rivers. Like we can call on almost every river. Do you think we're supposed to check our entire range on this turn card? I think we probably are. So we check ace king of spades? It's possible if we have the nuts, we don't check only. Let me think why we would do that. Just in case Phil Ivey has like the third nuts or something like that. You know what I mean? Like we have a hand that we can actually... You know, if, if Ivy has a huge hand, too, we don't want a card to come that's going to kill all the action. But it's possible we're only betting the nuts and, like, a few complete no-equity hands, maybe like we only five, bet, six of diamonds. Maybe we only bet if we have the ace of spades in our hand. Maybe that's the way we do it. 
because we can have like right. ace, ace king without yeah. just okay. the ace of spades. So yeah. we could be building a pot for yeah. that, and we know he can't have the nuts, yeah. so we don't have to. So he really, it's really hard for him to so check either, raise. Either we have the nuts, or we have the nut draw and the nut blocker. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and then and then maybe we do it with a few no equity hands too, depending on how many of those things we're really going to have, and that's. And we're probably not going to need to do it with no equity hands. We're probably going to have more nut blockers, more bluffs than we are value yeah. anyway. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, we have ace king off, that's going to be more than enough combos of bluffs by itself, I would think. Yeah, I mean, and we have all the draws with ace king off. I mean, we have well, it's only three three combos because the it has to be the ace of spades. Oh, that's true. And the ace king of spades is yeah the nut side. Okay, no, but, but guess, it, it adds up to not very many bets on the turn, but it can add up to being pretty equitable as far as bluffs and value because we probably okay. have like ace ten of spades. Ace queen of spades. We might have ace three of spades, ace four of spades. We might. If we have all those, then we have to bet a few no equity hands too, like five, six of diamonds. Maybe we just add in ace king with the king of spades. Yeah, there you go. That gets us a lot closer. Yeah. Anyway, he knows how many value in bluffs he has here. He just wants to balance it. So he's he's doing it right. Right. It's somewhere in the realm of what we're talking about. Without knowing his exact ranges, we can't do it, of course. And queen jack with the queen of spades feels like a very strong hand, but also doesn't really feel like there's a ton of value in betting. Right. Agreed. Uh, By the way, Ivy can also just turn to set of eights. Totally reasonably, since he has two nines. True. True. Uh, Although, it's less likely he's going to call with the two eights without the eight of spades in his hand and turn as the eight of spades. That's a good point. That's a good point. Still. He might just call with all those reasonable pocket pairs, though. He might. Having the spade is nice, though. It really does help. And I'm sure Ivy is, like, a little happy that a spade came on the turn. Well, he's, he's like, well, sometimes I can beat aces now, you know? Yeah. And he may also, he's probably sitting there thinking like, if this guy bets the turn, he probably doesn't have it. You know, it's like really hard for this guy to bet on this board, you know? And so Ivy might be more apt to call down. Rather than I mean, he also call did just pick up a combo draw. Yep. I mean, nominally, it's not a great combo draw. No, but it could be the best. Yeah. Could be the best. Right. I'm sure Ivy would love it to go check, check. And then if the brick comes out, go check, check. <laughs> Ivy's <laughs> going to get gets to win. Usually. Ivy's going to get his first wish. Yeah. It uh, it goes check check. There you which, go. Based on all of our analysis that we just made, seems pretty reasonable to me. Yeah, I don't. I mean, Altman should be checking, like we said. Yeah, like even though we have a strong hand, this is good. This actually protects our checkback range, having a hand this strong that we can call almost every river on, maybe every river. Yeah, I mean, what well, river's going to come that we feel like we have to fold when Ivy bets? I don't know. The ten of diamonds, sometimes maybe. I mean, then Ivy has to have a nine in his hand. Yeah, he doesn't have very many nines. He has the yeah. nines right now, but. If I be value bets, then he's value betting a set really thinly, which he could be doing, or he's got to have two nines, right? That's pretty safe. What if the three of spades comes and he just ships it? I don't know. Then we have to, we probably fold. Yeah. But shipping is really different than a normal bet, yeah. right? I mean, how much is in the pot? Like 290? Shipping yeah. is he's betting more than 2x the pot. Yeah. That's, of course, like we're assuming normal bet sizing. We're assuming yeah. Ivy bets like 55% of the pot. We're going to just call on, on pretty much all rivers. Ivy might, by the way, might be value betting two pairs sometimes. You know, a 10 comes on the river, maybe Ivy can have 10-8 suited and be betting for value. You know, because he's like, you're going to check it back with two aces. I'm going to bet and try and get called. Not, not impossible. Yeah. True. Since you don't have very many straights and you don't look like you have a flush. You know, I'm yeah. just, so I don't know. Yeah, it's a pretty comfortable spot for Altman. Yeah. Although, it is, the Phil Ivy stare down is not so comfortable, you know. I mean, you People know. People have crumbled. <laughs> They've crumbled. They've crumbled? Yeah. Like blue cheese? Like so much blue cheese? No, it's not as good as blue cheese. Blue cheese is a good kind of crumble. It's oh. like it's like an old statue of like of like a what? Of like, like a, a what? Old dictator who like killed twenty million people. Well, and there's then, only one old dictator who did that. Stalin. So you mean Stalin? Stalin? Yeah. It's like a statue of Stalin crumbling. <laughs> okay. Sure. But, yeah. Yeah. But you I mean maybe there's alternate 
timelines where there's other dictators. Right. And of course, that's what you meant when you said that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah of course. <laughs> of course. No, that makes perfect sense. And I'm sorry for challenging. Yeah. You. I'm talking about universe 786 over here. You're, you're just oh. talking universe 784 all day. Like, all day. How, how do you get through the day talking about just 784? It's where you're not using a letter with it. You're just saying 784, not like X 784 or Z 784. Yeah. What's no, up with that? The, the ones without it's the letters. Prime? Are like it's the, the prime 784? Yeah. Universe? They're awesome 784. Oh, I didn't know. The one that, you know, where the stuff... The stuff happens. <laughs> I just like to apologize to the listeners right now that we're so far afield and it's pretty out there. I would like to redact Jonathan's apology. <laughs> redact? Yeah, I'm going to take a black yeah. Sharpie and mm. write it over so nobody can see it. <laughs> Good. Okay. Just make sure you're using the if word If there correctly. is somebody out there, a big fan who is really into writing things down and actually writes down everything we say, take, take that Sharpie and just go ahead and go over Jonathan's apology. Okay. And then move on with your life. Fantastic. All right. Continuing. Continuing about Nitrogen Sports Poker Room, of course. Bing, bing, bing. That's what uh, a noise that might in the future. That's what she said. (laughs) In the future, it's possible that Nitrogen will add a bing, bing, bing noise when you win a pot. I don't think they have it right now. But they do have the Poker Guys exclusive monthly tournament, which is pretty sweet. Pretty, pretty, pretty sweet there, Grant. Yes, it's a 0.1 millibit buy-in, which these days is something like 65 cents, depending on the moment and what Bitcoin's price is. They guarantee 100 millibits, which is like 650 bucks sometimes, as much as 1,000, depending on, uh, again, the, the price fluctuations, which means you need 1,000 players in this tournament just to have it be a, a normal tournament. Guess what? We usually get like 65 or 70. There's a massive overlay. It's so much free money. You just can't go wrong playing it. Plus, you get to play with Grant and myself. Right. And it is the last Sunday of every month at noon Pacific time. So we'll be back for this month. We didn't yeah. do last month because we were, of course, at the World Series of we were Poker. World Seriesing it up. Yep. No more World Series for us, not till next year. Yeah. So, you know, better luck next Sad. year. Yeah, <laughs> but we, that means we do get to play this nitrogen tournament, which you only have access to if you use the link in the description of this podcast. And if you don't do that, I don't want to hear from, about it ever. That's, yeah, that's we want to hear from you, just not about it. No, don't tell yeah. me that but you, you signed up for nitrogen without using the link. That'll just make me sad. Yeah, and, or even mad. Uh, but yeah, use the link in the description. It's great. By the way, nitrogen doesn't just have poker, although it has that. It also has a casino. It's got sports betting. Because it's a Bitcoin-only poker site, it pays out very quickly. Usually, you get your pay out in like an hour, hour and a half. Way faster than all those other sites where it takes days. It's also free once a week. And yep. then after that, there's a fixed price that is very low. In, in case one, you want to withdraw 30 times a week, I don't know why. It's a but. tenth of a millibit, which is, like I said, 60 cents or something yeah. like that. So it's super cheap to cash out multiple times, but it's free once a week anyway. They've really got you covered there at Nitrogen Sports Poker. They've got you covered. Yeah. All right, let's go to the river where Ivy is in bad shape here yeah. on this Queen Jack Deuce Eight Three Spade board with two Black Nines against Queen of Spades Jack of Clubs of Brian Altman. Yeah. So we've gotten check check on the turn. The river is the Three of Diamonds. Could not be a more innocuous card. It, a red three is the most possible innocuous card on this board. Yeah, because there's a Deuce on the flop, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and Ivy checks again. I don't really see any value in betting. You right. can turn your hand into a bluff, but that's weird. Ivy is winning sometimes here. He's yeah. beating Ace-King. He's beating some weird stuff. He's just winning enough, and it's going to go check-check, and he's going to turn over and win a fair amount, right? So yeah. it's not so bad. So Altman, of course, has to go for value at this point. Yes. His hand is way too good not to bet. Yeah. And he bets a reasonably big size. Uh, we're at, what, 290 in the pot? He bets 195. Yep. So Ivy does not love this spot. What do you do as Ivy? Boy, you could make a case for all three things here. Yeah. Right. 
Make a very reasonable case for dumping your hand where Altman has the overpairs, check back the turn, and is now betting for value on the river. His sizing makes me a little afraid of calling. I don't like that he bet two-thirds of pot. It feels like... feels like pretty much he's like looking for value. feels like yeah, he's not trying to blow us off the hand. He's betting big-ish. Sometimes he's going to show up with ace-king, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's possible we could call and, and get away with it. You could have ace-king with the ace of spades himself, like take the free card on yeah. the turn. He's usually going to bet his... Say he's came with the ace of spades on the turn. You'd expect him to. I don't know. I think I prefer folding to calling here, first of all. Yeah. I think. I agree. Like, there's, it's just like a little too not great. He's going to play his sets like this a lot of the time. He's going to play his ace queen like this a lot of the time. He's probably not going to play his ace jack like this. And he's going to play his overpairs like this a fair amount of the time. A lot of his bluffs are going to bet the turn and are not going to check back the turn to bluff the river. A yeah. lot of them. Because it's clear Phil has something, right? Phil called the flop. Phil, if Phil didn't have anything himself, if he just had a draw that missed like King 10, he would have bet the river himself for sure. Phil checked. The, the conversation that's subtextual to all this is Phil has something. Phil has a legit showdownable hand here. Altman bets. He bets two-thirds of the pot, so it could be bluffy. It could not be. It's, it's close. Um, I think I would lean towards a fold ahead of a call, first of all. Do you agree with that? I do. Okay. So then the only other option is to raise, which is you know not something we should do very often here. That's a terrifying option. For lots of reasons. Yeah. One is if we raise, we're, comp- we're, com- we're putting in pretty much all of our stack. Maybe there's a way to not put in our entire stack, but it's most of our stack, right? Yeah. We could make it 540K and leave like 100K back and leave 10 blinds back, I guess. Um, there's reasons to raise, right? We block the combo draws. We blo- well, we block straights and we block flushes. Forget about yeah. draws, just we block... I mean, I guess if he has straights or flushes, that's a problem. Yeah. But, like, but by blocking 910 suited, which we do, that's pretty good for us in that we can have it and it's much harder for him to have it. True. We, by having a spade in our hand, we can have some flushes and it's harder for him to have flushes. Slightly harder, yeah. So those are good reasons to raise. It looks like Altman's got a lot of big one pair of hands. Like he can have kings yeah. here and stuff like that and play it just like this. Yeah, I think and so. And it's hard for kings to call. Kings could decide to call, but it's not right. easy for kings to call here, right? Yeah, so by your logic of... Altman not having too many bluffs left because he didn't bet the turn. Yeah. If Ivy assumes that, obviously calling is not a good option. At the same point, he has a, Altman has a much stronger hand than Ivy's probably putting him on. Ivy's probably putting him on an ace-queen or overpair type hand to, that's like going for value on the river here. Right. So Ivy decides to move in. Right. Ivy's like, nice try trying to get thin value against me, buddy. Not yeah. going to work. Yeah. With his two nines, he moves in for a large amount. 629K. Yeah. Yes. That's the... Very polarized amount. I've got it or I don't, and there's nothing in between. All the things you have, Ryan Altman, are just bluff catchers now, unless you were slow playing the nuts. Everything's a bluff catcher. Yeah, Ivy probably thinks Altman would bet the nuts a lot on the turn, and he thinks he would bet a lot of his bluffs on the turn. He probably also thinks he'd bet his... The ace of spades on the turn, which is sort of the, if you've got ace, aces with the ace of spades or ace queen with the ace of spades, you're going to find it easier to call this river. Yeah. But he probably doesn't have that because he's usually going to bet that on the turn himself. Maybe not when he has so much showdown value with Maybe those not. Maybe he decides to check it back. Maybe actually, ace right? king with the ace of spades. He well, bets, that but... you're going to fold out anyway. Yeah. Though, so it doesn't matter as much. So maybe you're right. Maybe that doesn't matter as much. Yeah. Um, but so Ivy's trying to get him off of like a relatively big hand, but. Yeah. yeah. Like aces, kings, ace, queen. Those are yeah. the hands he's trying to get him to fold, I think. Yeah. And so I have a couple questions about this. Good. Is this a good representation of a flush as Ivy? Like, would we really check the turn and the river? <sighs> Not very often. We'd usually bet the river, right? The problem is usually when people make it, get there on the river, they bet it. Even if they're out of position, if they're out of flow, they usually bet it. And so it's, uh, as someone who's done this 
I did this two times in the World Series main event myself, where I check raised the river when the flush came in. One time I had the nut block, and the other time I just thought the guy was weak and would fold. It worked both times, but both times I was like, I don't know how good this story really is. Actually, the first time the story was better because the guy was at least spewy, you know? So, like, it's not surprising I would lay a trap for him where I checked the river. We went check, check on the turn. I checked the river again, and he's going to bet, and I'm going to rate. Like, that's not crazy. But the other guy was not spewy. The other guy was not good, but he wasn't spewy either. And I was sitting there as he was like, did you really check the flush on the river? You know, talking, talking it out. And I was sitting there like, I don't know. I don't think I did, you know? And so, like, <laughs> so like this is a problem. Like, so Ivy, Ivy does have this play in him, I'm sure, where he actually does check the flush on the river. But, you know, like, not very often. Over the course of the month at the World Series that we had, I did at least five or six times take a line like this with a super strong hand. Good. I, so I, I, I think players are doing that. And yeah. I think it's an effective strategy that maybe you, Jonathan, should implement more because a lot of players are going to take a, uh, like a bet check bet line as the aggressor with a lot of marginal value. Right. So if you want to put them in tough spots, you're going to have to add some, some strong value to your check raising range on the river there. That's good. Um, I will say there are times when I'm, yeah, I'm protecting my calling range and I, I've done it with like trips and things like that. I don't know if I've done it with flushes necessarily. Um, and these same spots, you know, but it feels like they just check it back so often and you're like, Arr. of course, when they check it back, they probably weren't going to call it bad anyway. Yeah. So it's not as big a deal. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's not the best story, but I think in the modern era of poker, some players are, are taking these lines with very strong hands. I'm going to say this actually too, just following up on where I was like these days against a good player, if they have top pair or better, they are absolutely betting that river. Yeah. And if you bet, they may find a fold with those hands, but they're always betting them if you check. Right. So trying to capture value with a check raise is probably better than just betting it yourself. Against bad players, I think you should bet it yourself because they're more apt to keep checking even their good hands, but, and they're more apt to call on the river with their pretty good hands. Mm-hmm. You know? Although the truth is, if like Altman has two aces, he's calling, right, if we bet. Yes, I think he probably is. And then once in a while, maybe he's going to make some crazy hero with the two aces if we check raise a flush, but not very often. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get more value either way. This is the thing. Just, but I guess you, you capture some bluffs sometimes yeah. by checking, so that's good. All right. So yeah, maybe checking is really good here against good players when yeah. you have it. Okay. That's important. Right. We need this to be the case for this play to work, right? Otherwise, Alma's just not going to believe us too much. And yeah, I think maybe three or four years ago, people might think like you're always betting when it goes check, check on the turn yeah. with your super strong hands. But Kyle Julius, remember against yeah. Juan Lu back in the day. That but was... I just don't think that's still the case. Like yeah. people are, over time, poker gets more and more ironed out and more balanced and like, it's just so crazy exploitable if that's actually true, that people are always not check raising with a strong hand on the river here. Like mm-hmm. it's crazy. You can't be that person. Sure. But it's not about that though. It's not just like, of course you can have strong hands, but do you have enough strong hands compared to all the non-strong hands you have? You know, yeah. like, like what's your, what's your frequency here for strength to non-strength, maybe it's frequent distribution of, you know, bluffs to value. And if it's mostly bluffs, if like, if you have, if you end up betting a lot of your value on the river rather than checking it, then you can have some strong hands, but I don't know if I'm going to go ahead and defend Phil Ivy and Good. say that based on what I'm, coming up off, off the top of my head right now is the line he's taken like it's not that many bluffs available yeah that's pro- i mean phil ivy because he called the flop has got to be turning one pair into a bluff basically or, or he be is, turning if or he's he bluffing. king 10 suited not in spades okay sure yeah but he's often probably just going to bet that himself on the river rather than even checking it because it goes check, check, and he loses versus a hand like he ha- a one-pair oh, hand yeah. where he checks. He's like, oh, my hand isn't good enough 
Now I have to turn it into a bluff. Yeah, you could have nines with the nine of spades, tens with the ten of spades. Maybe right. all maybe all combos of those hands. Those are, those hands are really good check checks because yeah. a lot of times going to check check and you just get to win. And you but you could but they're great to turn into bluffs also. So if we that's give kind them, of if we hands. give him all of those, that's twelve combos right there. Yeah. That's a decent amount of bluffs, but at the same point, he has plenty of flushes and straights in his range. Could we also have ace-jack with the ace of spades here? I think we could. As play it just like that. It it's yeah. basically plays the same way. We don't block the straights, but we block the nut flush, which is pretty sweet. Right. But even with that, I think we have enough value that it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's fine. Okay. No, I, I, when I was saying all this, I wasn't doing it to like disagree yeah. with this being a good play. I'm just sort of thinking out loud. Right. Okay. Yeah. And even, we could even reduce the bluffs by just having tens, nines with a spade. If, if we want I to. think we need to have a spade in our hand to do this. Yeah. I think it's probably bad not to have a spade as well. Like Phil has one of the great bluff, one of the great hands to turn into a bluff. Like yeah. One of the perfect hands to turn into a bluff. So it makes sense that he would decide to check raise all in here. Right. So then now, so, so I like to play by Phil. Right. To be clear. Um, now Altman's in a weird spot. He is in a weird spot. We have it's, top two and we block it's, flushes it's a little the, bit. It's the main event. The structure is amazing. It's 66 blinds. Those things are all factors in our head. At the same point, if Phil Ivey has even a modicum of balance, this hand is well above what Phil expects us to have. Yep. So, and it, so it's pretty high in our distribution, especially considering that we check the turn. It probably has to be a call against a player like Phil a lot of the time. I mean, well, let's think about what are, what's really in our distribution here. Um, what, are, what, are the, what better hands are in our distribution? Sets of queens, sets of jacks. Yeah. Sets of eights can be in our distribution. Yeah. Maybe nine, ten suited. Yeah. Maybe once in a while, the nuts. Maybe once in a while. Like maybe we check back the nuts once in a while. Yeah. Mostly not, but maybe once in a while. Uh, that's it, right? Yeah. So there's three, six, nine, and then a few combos of ace, X of spades. Not very many. Maybe three at most. Yeah. Maybe there's 12, 12 combos that are better than queen jack off. Right. And we, we have a lot of pocket aces, pocket kings, and ace queen here. Maybe we can have pocket deuces in our range too. Maybe, maybe, maybe. There's, maybe there's three yeah. more combos. But that's it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we can somehow even a pocket trace if we go to pocket deuces. We bet it. We go check, check, and then we river the miracle. It's possible. Sounds like a nice miracle. Yeah. So, okay. Well, obviously, we're, we're calling with all our sets for sure, right? Yeah. Like, that just feels like we just have to. Yeah. So, this is the next best thing to all our sets. Yeah. What, what worse hands do we have here that we play this way for value? Kings, aces. Ace, queen. Yeah. Maybe ace, jack. We might even bet ace, jack on the river. No. Why not? Fill those queens. Plenty of queens. Phil's often going to bet a queen on the river. Went check, check on the turn. A three came on the river. He's often going to bet it. I don't know. If you expect the guy to be checking back his ace, queen, kings, and aces, is there a ton of value of betting a queen? If he's checking, the, the value is from getting value from worse hands, not like, better hands. Like what? Ace, jack. And? Tens, nines. Those he's hands are going to consider calling. They're probably not going to. I disagree with you. I don't think Phil's betting a queen on the river very often. Really? Yeah. Phil's queen, ten suited, he's going to bet? What if he has king, queen? What if it's ace-queen? Ace-queen, I think you can consider betting, but it's still not great. I think you bet king-queen, too. I think you bet it with the notion of, like, well, I'm calling a bet anyway, and all the better... Every better hand than mine is betting anyway. How about... What's bluff? the problem? How about letting him bluff sometimes? Yeah, no, that's true. But we don't we have to have some bets for value here on the river? What are they? They're, like, straights and sets and... Flushes. Flushes. That's yeah. a lot of hands. But we, were just, but we were just making an argument for checking a lot of it's those It's also hands. a three-bet pot. Yeah. And that makes a big difference. You don't think so? Well, in what way do you think it makes a big difference? Altman's range is tighter. Yeah. It, we, there's not 
it's the pot is much bigger. He's not going to call with as much marginal. I mean, if if you're sitting there as Phil Ivey, if you think he's got some reasonable, a lot of reasonable three betting hands, I don't know if we think that as Phil Ivey or not. But if he's, if he's unreasonable, he's not going to call with five high. True. If he is reasonable, he is going to call with a lot of the hands, but the hands he's going to call with, he's probably going to bet anyway. Ace Jack's the only thing we'd be worried about missing out of value on and who cares. And he might fold Ace Jack anyway. It's like a bad run out for Ace Jack. I would expect he's going to call with Ace Jack, but you're right. It's not a great run out. And when Phil decides to bet the river, it's yeah. like, what are we really beating besides King? 10? I think betting a queen is a very bad idea. Okay. All right, I'm coming around. Okay. Cool. Well, anyway, the spot we're in instead is that we've been check raised. And uh, Elman ends up calling. And I think it's just, he's not beating any value. Like Phil's not doing this with a worst two pair. No, I think it's distribution. Yeah. And he's got a queen of spades in his hand. I think he put those two things together. And he's like, I guess I just have to call. Do we know how long he tanked for? Let me take a look here. Because... I would think with this hand and this body, he's supposed to tank for a while. Over a minute is all they got. Uh, so that's, that's, that's actually is a bit of a time. It's, it's not like sometimes in the World Series main, people tank for like seven minutes, 10 minutes. Even a minute, though, is a while to tank. You know, usually it's 25, 30 seconds in most spots, except certain players take a really long time. I'm actually, I would have guessed, though, he would have tanked even longer than that with this hand. Yeah. I would have guessed it would have been like a good five minute tank because it's, it's a big pot if he calls and is wrong. He's chopped in half. I got to give credit to Phil Ivey. He's certainly willing to die. You know? I mean, there's very little we can really beat as Altman, right? No, we of beat course. this hand. We beat tens. Oh, we, we, beat have the to, we have to fold to Joe Schmo for sure. Oh, we're folding to Joe Schmo. Yeah. Joe Schmo doesn't have this play in him. No. Yeah. Ivy, Ivy's willing to die. That's what makes him so terrifying. Yes. Yes. And he has a good bluffing hand and he knows it. And he knows he's like almost never ahead. I kind of like going all in if, as Phil, if you have the nuts here also, it's yeah. supposed to like make it 50 right. or, fi- or 500 K or whatever, 50 blinds. Um, because if you're going to get called for five, for 500 K, you're going to get called for whatever, 660. It's pretty much the same. And it looks more desperate to move in a little yeah. bit more desperate, you know? So what a I imagine crappy, Phil's going to size it the same either way. What a crappy feeling when Altman calls you you bust the main event on a bluff yep. and you like, Maybe Ivy doesn't, but I, of course, would be second-guessing myself at that point. Like, oh, yeah. I, I still had 63 blinds. Like, there was no reason to do that. Yeah. I could have... I decided I was behind. I could have just folded. Like, that would have been fine. I could have called, but I could have just folded and continued in this amazing structure where I'm the best player in the world, or if not, among, certainly the best player at my table, you know? Right. Yeah. Instead of, like, why, why give them a chance to, to knock me out, sort of? You could even ask yourself. In this spot. Yeah, I think this is a good play by Ivy, though. Me too. And... Not everybody sees it that way. Like the first comment on poker news is like, I lost a ton of respect for Ivy. How can you take an under pair here when the guy's been betting? It's like, well, you don't know what poker. I mean, is, also I went check, check on the turn. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it's, he's, it's a good bluff candidate. It's one of the better bluff candidates. It's a great bluff candidate. Yeah. And it's a terrifying play. Yeah. And, and it should work a lot. Yeah. It didn't work for Phil this time. We're not going to be seeing him back at the main event final table this year. I mean, here's, here's the problem from when Altman has the queen of spades in his hand, it's hard to come up with that many hands that Ivy can really have here, right? That for value, he's got to have like ace, 10 of spades. What he, else are we losing to? He's check raising all in. He could have a ton of spades, I think. Just any two spades that he's check raising all yeah. with? King, 10 of spades, ace, sure. 10 of spades. What else? He got three bet and called out of position. Let's remember. Maybe Ivy calls with like ace, eight of spades or ace, nine I of spades. I don't think so. Six, seven of spades. Eight, Come on. eight tennis spades. I think he's folding all those hands. I don't know if he is. He's Phil Ivy. He got three bet big. He's going to be out of position in a bloated pot where the, the stacked pot's going to be three to one. I don't think he's doing it. I think he's just folding those hands. 
Maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. I'll admit I think this. you're wrong. I think I'm. I don't think I am. I think he's just folding in this in this structure in this tournament. I think he's just giving up with those hands. If the, if I'm right, it's suddenly a much easier call. Right now yeah. we now we're losing to two combos. Right when we have the queen of spades in our hand, it's and it's like I guess I just have to call. But if he can have all the spades, it's a much tougher call. I mean, he certainly has nine tennis spades. I agree. He can have nine tennis spades, ace tennis spades, king tennis spades. Those make sense to me. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he can have like ace eight of spades, ace five of spades, things like that. I think he may. How much did Altman three bet to? Seventy five. Yeah, he threw it really big. Yeah. That's true. I don't know. I think you just fold most a lot of that stuff. Is fine. like one of the ways you exploit these guys is you fold your sh- your really bad hands. <laughs> your your sh- sh- your sh- really bad hands. Um, so I but I but I'm not in Phil Ivy's head, and we certainly haven't talked about the hands. So I don't know what he's doing with Ace Five of Spades here, Ace Eight of Spades. But I feel like I'd be really surprised if he showed up with those hands. Yeah, maybe. So if that's true, now we're losing only a few combos. Makes it so much easier to call, right? Losing yeah. like three or four combos. It's like I guess I call. Congrats, I don't know. Phil. Ivy's so above the rim. It's possible that Ivy does this for value with more hands than just right. flushes. Right. He could also do it potentially with nine ten or sets even sometimes. I just don't know if he's really going to blow up his main event. Just like where you're like, what can call me? It's so much harder to get called. Now. Yeah, no, I agree. But like, I know it's been a while, but we saw we did that Dwan Ivy hand where Ivy just went bet, bet, bet with a set of fours when the spade yes. came on the turn, completing the, the flush and like somehow got called by Dwan on the river. But it was a cash game. It yeah. wasn't the main event That's of the world true. series on day four where Ivy has a lot of chips, you know? That's true. Like Ivy's supposed to be more careful with his chips. Doesn't Ivy, mean to say he will be, but it feels like, but like certainly theoretically, he's supposed to be way more careful. Ivy certainly has a preternatural ability to read people at poker, mm-hmm. I would say. And it's possible that he's been playing with Altman for a while and he knows when Altman checks back the turn, Altman never has a flush. And yeah. he feels like very comfortable with his sets for value. Like, I mean, possibly. Yeah. I would think Altman's good enough that he can have flushes there though and check back the turn. Probably, sometime. but you know, Ivy, Al- Altman's supposed to sit there and be like, I'm supposed to hate this card. So I check. You've been there before. Yeah, of course. And it's like, I got I Altman's good enough. I got to believe he can have some flushes there. Yeah, he probably can. And I was like, just hoping he's not that that's not the part of the range that Altman has. And it wasn't, but Altman found a call anyway, probably because he had the queen of spades. If Altman doesn't have the queen of spades, he's going to fold. I got to mm, think. I don't know. I think he's going to have his queen jack of diamonds. He's just going to fold. I think so. Well, Maybe. now we're losing a lot more combos, yeah. right? Yeah, we are. Ace queen of spades, king queen of spades, queen ten of spades. Yeah. If you think I can have lots of other weird spades stuff, then you can add queen nine of spades. Um, I don't know that Ivy can have. I don't think Ivy can have Queen Nine of Spades here, though. Probably not. Um, but I think he can have Queen Ten of Spades, and certainly can have the other ones. Like he absolutely has Ace Queen and King Queen of Spades, right? Yeah. Like for sure. And so we go from like three combos to five or six combos. Like that's a big difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's how Phil Ivy busted the main event. Yeah, that's a pretty cool way to bust the main event. I gotta say, it's pretty baller. That's like I, uh, I'm willing to like I, I would hate to bust the main event that way and have to tell that story. I yeah. feel like such a such a dumb person. But when you're Phil Ivy, you're like, yeah, you know, I do this every year, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, and I'm the best, and no one can question me. Yeah, or you can question me, but you're probably wrong. The first comment in Poker News is questioning him. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Anyway, we're done. Okay. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it.